Welcome to the Life Lessons Podcast. I'm Jen Stevens. I'm a retired teacher, the author of several books, including the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, and I love nothing more than building community. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've spent my life helping others through my work in healthcare and as a volunteer for various organizations. We are friends who share a love of learning, problem solving, and bringing people together. Each week, join us as we share inspiring stories and bring you new ideas designed to help you live your best life. So now let's learn something new, get inspired, and have some fun. everybody. We're so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm great. Well, it's good to good to talk to you, cuz. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, we, we just had to share this, y'all. This is so very cool. Did I tell you how I got down this road, Sherry, this weekend? Chad's cousin was there or something? Yeah. Chad's cousin came to visit us with her boyfriend this weekend and stayed with us at the beach. And She was showing us this app called Family Tree. It's a free app, and you don't have to pay anything to use it. And you put in, like, your, you know, your parents' names and Family Tree back as far as, you know, what you can. And it pulls up your whole family tree. And then you can see how you're related to other people. Now, you can only search for relationships with people who are dead. So that's, you know, you have to know someone's deceased relatives to do it. But I started pulling in stuff from this app and looking, put, you know, put in my grandparents and everything. And like, for example, the, the wackiest thing I found is that Chad's grandmother is my fifth cousin twice removed. That's close. Yeah. We're cousins. Yeah. And that's through my, um, train them grandparents side. But then I asked Sherry, I was like, Sherry, who are, you, who are some of your, you know, deceased grandparents? Well, through one side of Sherry's family, and my Calhoun side, Sherry and I are ninth cousins twice removed. And through my grandmama, tr- grandmother Trainum's side of the family, which is my other side, we are related seventh cousin four times removed. So Sherry and I are cousins. But like almost everybody is related. I mean, like everybody I kept putting in was showing, like Elvis is my ninth cousin, not even removed, just flat ninth cousin. That's through the Trainum side again. And very few people. I think he's my 12th or 13th. I can't remember. Very few people were not related. I had some that were not related. There are a few, but like, and, but even if you're not related, like for example, Chad's dad, I'm not related to Chad's dad, but I'm related to Chad's dad's first wife. Oh, right. Uh Uh-huh. So, but that obviously was not Chad's mother. My father-in-law is my ninth cousin twice removed. Anyway, it was fascinating to use this app. To see all the ways that we're connected and the relationships going back. Because once you plug in, it's hard to find people sometimes. But you have to, like, know when they died or their full name or something about them when they were born. But once you find the right people, it links them and then it goes back. Uh-huh. And through all the, you know, whoever's in the And database. you can look at their family tree. It's really kind of it's cool. really, really cool. Yeah, I spent to way see. too much time playing with us on yeah. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but it showed me that we are all so connected. Uh-huh. Sherry and I are cousins. Yep. And so are Chad and I. <laughs> My uh, coworker and I are pretty closely related, actually. And I can't remember. I think we were, she is my 11th cousin once removed. Yeah. 
and I'm I'm related to my college roommate and her husband through different sides of the family. Yep. I mean, it's just it's fascinating. We are all connected. So any, again, it's the Family Tree app. Um, I found it on the App Store. It took a little while to figure out how to use it and how to put people in there, and you got to make sure you're getting the right people. But it was fascinating. None of us could pull ourselves away from it after yeah. we got started <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Takes you back. I mean, it really makes you just think about how connected we are. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Well, now it's time for our weekly good news segment, and today we have a thank you from a listener to a good Samaritan. She wrote, my mother passed away last year, one year to the day that my father passed away. You can imagine how hard that was. We had not yet recovered from the loss of my dad when we received the call about my mom. As the only daughter, my brothers thought it was only right that I should keep her ring. My father had given her a beautiful diamond ring on their 40th wedding anniversary. She was so proud of that ring, having waited 40 years for a diamond. She kept it clean and sparkling, and whenever she was troubled, she would stare down at it, almost as getting strength from that stone. After she passed, I slipped it onto my right hand, and I, too, would find myself gazing down at it when I was missing her or had had a hard decision to make, especially one where I would have called her and I couldn't anymore. I had been practicing intermittent fasting since shortly after my mom's passing. I wanted to get healthier so that my daughters wouldn't have to lose me too early like I lost my mom. I realized that the ring was getting loose, but not so loose that I didn't think I would lose the ring. Well, I did. We had a particularly cold weekend, and I went out with some friends and put gloves on as I left the house. When we got to the restaurant, I took my gloves off, and in the flurry of meeting up with friends I hadn't seen in months, I didn't realize that I had lost the ring. I am assuming when I removed my gloves. It wasn't until much later in the evening that I looked down and realized it was gone. I was sick. I was frantic. I was looking all around the table on the floor, went out to my car, traced my steps back, although I was sure I didn't take my gloves off until I got inside. I looked around the lobby area and I couldn't find it anywhere. As I started to cry, a waitress asked me if she could do anything for me. I explained what happened and she called the manager over. They took my name and number and assured me that they would call me should they find my ring. I was not expecting a phone call, but I gave my info and I went home with a heavy heart. Just after midnight, when I was sound asleep, my phone rang. I immediately thought that something serious was wrong, as my phone doesn't ring in the middle of the night, and I didn't recognize the number. It was Alex, the manager of the restaurant. After the last guest left, she had the wait staff move out all the booths and tables, and with a flashlight, she went over every inch of that restaurant. Kicked behind a piece of furniture, she found my ring. She said she was afraid to call me so late, but that she was afraid I was also home not sleeping, sick with worry, so she took the gamble to go ahead and call. I told her that I would come down first thing when they opened the next day to get the ring, but she said that she didn't want anything to happen to the ring in her possession, and so she brought it to my house on her way home from work that very night. What a blessing this young woman was to me. When she got to my house, I tried to pay her for her time in gas, and she wouldn't take it. And she shared then that she had lost her mom at a very young age, and she didn't have anything of hers. So she knew how very special this ring must be to me. So often we get busy in the hustle and bustle of life, and we forget that by just taking a few extra minutes out of our day, that we can change another person's life. Alex knew that. She certainly changed mine that night. What a great story. I mean, that ring could have been there for months, years. Right? Not seen, hiding behind the furniture. Wow. That was somebody a, else saw it and picked it up. And By the way, did you know that's stealing? You know, we've always been raised with finders, keepers, losers, weepers. That's not true. If really? you find something valuable, 
like there there was a story in Augusta. I remember hearing about it on local talk radio. Somebody had lost a diamond ring at Cracker Barrel or something. And somebody else found it, picked it up, took it home, and they were like going to be charged with theft. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. I, I didn't mean, know that either. Like, morally, ethically, you turn it in, right? But I didn't know that legally. Well, you you know, because they didn't even, they just picked it up, took it. They didn't try to find who lost it. Anyway, that made a big impression on oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it may vary, you know, the laws may vary, obviously, from place to place. But on the talk radio show, they were like, this person's going to be charged with theft wow. when we figure out who it is. Anyway. Hmm. Listeners, we need your story. We like good news stories, not people being charged with theft, but people like <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. My cousin Sherry and I look forward to hearing from you <laughs> and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that helps make it possible for us to bring you the podcast. Today, I want to talk about Beauty Counter. Last week, you heard Dr. Tabitha talk about xenoestrogens and how they disrupt our body's delicate hormone balance and can lead to estrogen dominance. Many women don't realize that many beauty products contain xenoestrogens and other hormone disruptors. Our skin is our biggest organ. What we put on it matters. I'm thankful for companies like Beauty Counter that focus on cleaning up the beauty industry and working with legislation to ban chemicals and ingredients that have been found to be questionable or downright harmful for use. They have a never list made up of over 2,800 common beauty ingredients that they vow to never use in their products, over 1,700 of which have been banned in the European nation, but they are still in use in the U.S. today. They work incredibly hard to source quality ingredients and safe ingredients so that you don't have to. If you shop with Beauty Counter and migrate your beauty routine over, you can clean up your skincare and makeup without ever looking at an ingredient list. Not only are their products safe to use, they work wonderfully. If they didn't, I would not use them. I'm a fan of clean and protecting my health, but it has to be a product that works too. And after two years of using nearly exclusively Beauty Counter on my skin, it has never looked better or more clear. Check them out today at beautycounter.com slash Sherry Bullock. That's S-H-E-R-I-B-U-L-L-O-C-K. And if you ever have any questions on how to get started, email me at Sherry at lifelessonscommunity.com. I'm happy to help you. New users can save anywhere from 20% off every day and often up to 30% at times. It's such good stuff really is. It really, really is. I'm like getting so much, like I used up all my conditioner and I, it wouldn't pump out anymore. So I turned it mm -hmm. upside down in the shower. And now I'm like, every day I like get some more out, get some more <laughs> out. But it's like lasting for so long. Like it lasts it, forever. I'm surprised how long it's lasted. Like I'm still using the original foundation that I ever bought. Really? I have two, I bought two bottles of it. You know, one to keep at the beach, one to keep in Augusta, right? Because uh -huh. I lived in Augusta. And I didn't want to have to go back and forth. I just had to set a makeup at the beach, set a makeup at home. And now I have the two sets here, and I still haven't had to buy more. I just can't even believe that. I can't believe that either. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to talk about money, specifically debt, taxes, and saving our hard-earned money. We are joined by Doug Peacock, the CEO and founder of Peacock Wealth Group. As a lifelong football coach and educator, Doug has helped thousands of families win the personal cash flow game. 
He helps people learn how to recapture the thousands of dollars paid to banks and other lending institutions to grow wealth safely and predictably in a tax-favored environment. Doug also specializes in helping people pay off student loans quickly and helps coach parents on how to send their kids to college without destroying their hopes of a comfortable retirement. I believe that money is the least favorite topic for some people because they may be ill-equipped to make empowered financial decisions. And I hope that after today, everyone listening will feel more empowered and more inspired. So welcome, Doug. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Sherry. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Well, before we get into your background and your story, what is the lesson you hope to share with our listeners today? You know, the number one thing is that Sherry even mentioned it. People are are either afraid or ashamed or want to hide that they've screwed up with money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the bottom line is we've all, I mean, that just means you're over 12. Right. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we all make mistakes with it. And the thing is, we just got to avoid those things which are financially fatal to us. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And how's it working for us? You know, how's it, I mean, how's it working for you? Maybe, maybe I'm the kook, you know, in the room. It's, it's okay. Um, but if you're, if it's not going so well, if you want to learn some different things, then, then be open to learning. And that's when you've got to find, you know, someone with the heart of a coach and not of a salesman. And that's exactly where I go from is again, I coached 38 years. I will teach you what you can do with your money. I will never tell you what you should do with your money. It's your money, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of options you don't know about. Back to Jen's question, you know, the overall idea is you've got to control your money because if you don't, somebody else is going to. And every time that money moves, somebody gets paid. It might as well be you. We just haven't been taught how to do that. I mean, who's going to teach us? Who's going to teach you how to do that? The banks? You know, your your advisors? No. no. I mean, no. It's good luck. Hope you win. And then then it's taboo at many family tables mm-hmm. and we don't talk about money. It's the yeah. worst thing that could ever happen because now every time a parent dies, the kid's got to start all over again. It's no doubt why we're right where we're at. You know, in the bottom line, I just, I mean, I, let's just have a Dr. Phil moment. How's it working out for you? I think that that's so well said. And, you know, we don't teach our kids this. I think a lot of parents don't know what to teach them, but it's almost like instead of calculus in, co- in high school, we need to teach some <laughs> financial literacy, like how to open a bank account and all of that. Because, you know, I've got a 23-year-old and he is he has no idea, and I'm trying to teach him, and it's it's hard. Everything yeah. from shopping around for car insurance to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. adulting, it's not easy. So you said something that, that stuck out with me. You said, avoid things that are financially fatal. What are some of the financially fatal things that people are doing every day, and they don't even know it? Why do we keep our money where we can't access it and don't even know the bill that we're going to have to pay to get the money out? Explain that a little bit. It's called a 401k. Okay. Okay. <laughs> why Why does 90% of America store money where they can't get to it without a penalty, without taxes, without somebody else's permission? That's the yep. bottom line. And now all of a sudden, we don't have enough money and we got to go borrow money from the bank because the washing machine broke down or yeah. I need tires for the car, you know, my wife's car. 
one of the million other things that happens as you're growing up and, and trying to raise a family. We stored our money in the wrong place. That is such an interesting way of looking at it. I think people feel like they're supposed to. Oh, absolutely. I Well, and as you're talking too, I think some people like that, okay? It's the same reason why people pay in too much taxes because they want that big check back at the end of the year because it's like a, a gift at the end of the year because people just aren't good at saving and controlling their own money. They want somebody else to do that for them. Oh, I didn't say it wasn't easier. <laughs> Sometimes easier isn't the best. That's what we know. <laughs> we have defaulted mm-hmm. as an American society to easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I will also tell you this. It doesn't have to be hard. I mean, come on. A high school football coach can get this. All right. Yeah. I promise you, you can too. What led you to work in money? What, what, what brought you to this point? I sat down with my, ass, uh, with my advisor when I was trying to retire from teaching and he put this beautiful sheet in front of me and it showed all these numbers and, and all this that I was going to get. And there's this red sash across the middle. I'm going, man, that's pretty. What's that? And he says, that's the money you're short. Oh, (laughs) excuse me. I said, I've been doing exactly what you've told me to do. And at that point I realized I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to win that game. Right. He, he was going to win that game, and the government was going to win that game, and I would have to do something else. And at that point, I, I vowed to learn a lot more about money than I, than I ever wanted to. I never intended to be here, y'all. I didn't yeah. intend to do this. And then all of a sudden, I learned that I truthfully had to teach another three years to get the retirement that I thought I was going to get. All right. Which still sucked, by the way, but it was still it's still something. All right. I was a teacher. I taught for twenty eight years and retired Absolutely. with thirty because I bought a couple of years. But yeah, yeah. I was able to retire with thirty. So I, and, I will uh, say it's, it is nice to have that pension. But what should you have been doing all along that you weren't doing? Well, if what you know, if what you thought was true about your money wasn't true about your money, yeah. When do you want to know? And the truth is, you know. 50 years ago. Right. (laughs) Come on. But nobody taught me either. So at that point, I vowed that anybody who's willing to think differently like I do and wants to learn, I will coach you. Doesn't cost you a dime to learn. It doesn't cost you anything except time to learn how to control your money. Because if you don't have a plan for your money, somebody else does. Right. And they will take it from you. Yeah. Okay. okay. So bottom line is there's there's a difference between investing and saving. Okay? Yes. When I say invest, there's automatically a chance of loss. It's right. Called right. risk. <laughs> okay. What if I didn't have to risk my money? And it's been around 117 years. And how come we don't know about that? What I do. Okay, it's called infinite banking by some people. It's called be a bank by others. It's called bank on yourself. It's I'm glad you're both seated because you're going to have to, this will probably knock you down when I tell you. But I use specially designed whole life insurance to store money in. And everybody just unplugged from y'all. Sorry about it. I just probably lost all your listenership. (laughs) No, everybody's like, what? Yeah, because, you know, Shucks. Come on. Dave Ramsey says that's a horrible place to keep money. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, what return did you get last year? Did you get Dave's 12% on your S&P? No. no, not last year. I think year. I'm at about 4.4% right now for the last year. Mine went down last year. <laughs> I was going to say, then, then you did really, really well because the S&P yeah. was down on the average about 22. Mine went down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. That's great. Now, how much do I have to make just to get the money back that I should have had? Right. What if What if you could guarantee to grow your money more and more and more each and every year? And by the time you're out here 20 years, your money's growing by more than you put in. Wow. Oh, by the way, and I can tell you, I can tell you what that value will be in five years, in 20 years, in 50 years. And the way we save today, invest, you don't have a clue what that thing's worth in 10 years. That's true. Right. Nobody does. Yeah. Because you can't, you cannot only tell me what the market's not going to do. You don't have a clue what the market's doing. You don't even know what the tax rate's going to be when you decide to take that money out. Mm -hmm. What if it's 50%? How's that working out for you? Yeah, that would not work out very well. (laughs) Well, and... Somebody like me, I, I'm 49. I didn't really get to start saving. For, I mean, I had saved for retirement, and then I went through divorce, and that's a whole other story. Sure. But I ended back up with no retirement, and I had to start over in my 40s. I'm going to tell you, 401ks make me nervous because I'm like, I'm giving you all this money, but what happens if I want to retire in 20 years, 18 years, however long I have left to work? And... I haven't grown to where you've projected that I'm going to grow. You know, I'm like, I got to work till I'm 80. Boy, that sounds like the conversation I had with my advisor, huh? Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. We didn't see that one coming. Oh, but you're, <laughs> you're in this for the long haul. Right. They told that to my father, by the way. He was 84. What's the long haul when you're 84? Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> I mean, so the nice part is I'm not your traditional financial guy, okay? I'll right. go off football coach in a heartbeat. When people lie to you and BS you, I'm, I'm calling them out. Okay? So what and is whole life insurance? I don't even really know other than like I have this idea that it's just, it's just life insurance and you only get it when you die. Well, if you, if you listen to traditional people, they'll tell you it's the worst place in the world to put your well, money. Like, don't you have to be dead to get it? That's the secret. No. Oh, wait. Okay, so... Is whole life insurance different than term life insurance? Absolutely. So term insurance is going to pay only if you die. Okay. 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 So the problem with term insurance is you have to participate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to save money there, no. (laughs) Whole life. I'm going to put this policy on you for your whole life. All of it. Okay. Now, everybody says, oh, my God, I don't want to be paying a premium when I'm 100. Right. Well, there's ways to get away from that. But the bottom line is, what if I, could, what if I told you that if you would give me a few years, meaning 7 to 10, that I would give you every dollar back that you ever put in? And I don't have to die. <laughs> and you don't have to die. <laughs> that sounds better. Do you okay. have to qualify for it? Yes, there's called underwriting. Okay. All right. The nice part about it is you guys will be delighted to hear that you're much cheaper to insure than the men because we do stupid stuff and y'all don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, there is medical underwriting, just like any insurance, you have to have, you know, 
Now, the nice part is there's ways to take advantage of that too. So we can put your kids on a rider for that that automatically starts their programs. All right. And at this point in my life, I have five grandkids. Guess who owns policies on their grandkids? Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, how much does it cost to insure a one-year-old? Come on, 27 cents? Yeah. I mean, you know, the rest of it can be put into a storehouse for your money. And that's what I, a warehouse, a storehouse okay. or where get that idea of it. Because now all of a sudden, I'm just going to store that money there till I need it. And how okay? do you get it out? Without dying. 1-800-SEND-ME-SOME-MONEY. <laughs> no, really, though. How do you how do you get it out? Because that's the thing. I all, I all like My mind is trying to wrap around this idea because, of course, I'm thinking, yeah. Because like, we've never been taught any of this, and it's exactly the opposite of what we've been taught. I'm yeah. going to have a warehouse of money that I'm going to have access to some of the money. Now, am I going to get all of it up front? No, because there's cost of insurance. There's cost to get you the policy. There's some cost that the company has up front that they're going to charge you. Okay, and you're going to take, pay that out of that premium. But if I continue to pay that premium, it's going to be designed for minimum death benefit and maximum cash value. Okay, so it has a That's cash value. That's the difference. Okay, term has zero cash value. There's no term. There's no money in it. Okay, to collect that money, you got to die. It only has a death benefit it only versus has a death benefit. whole life insurance has a cash value. And there's many others that do too, but I'm telling you right now. In seven to 10 years, the cash value is more than you put into it. Well, not, and that depends on the policy. Okay. 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 That also depends on your coach. Okay. All right. I will tell you right now that most of mine are at seven, seven years. Okay. okay. So what got me, Sherry asked what got me into this. When I first heard this, I thought they're going to jail, okay? (laughs) Y'all just love orange jumpsuits or something because there's no way this could be legal and people not do it. Yeah. All right? And then all of a sudden, he started listing people who were doing it. And shucks, why was Mitt Romney in a 15% tax bracket when he was running for president of the United States? Mm -hmm. Because all the money you take out of that policy is tax-exempt. It's not tax-free. It's tax-exempt. There's no lines on the 1040 for it to even go on. Wow. Wow. So why do, you, why do you get a 1099 on your Roth? Everybody says it's tax-free. It is tax-free, except there's tax consequences on your Social Security when you decide to take that, and yep. it's also going to raise the cost of your Medicare Part B. But nobody ever explains that to you. So here's what's going on. We have a bunch of people running around this country telling you how to accumulate all this money. Accumulate, accumulate, and grow the mountain. Grow the mountain of money. But nobody teaches you how to get off the mountain. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm doing. Okay? I will teach you how to safely get off the mountain with money. Okay? So here's the example. Okay. If I have two, well, everything's going to be a lesson, guys. Welcome. Well, to we are life right? lessons. Yeah. We like that. <laughs> <laughs> but so you have you have two accounts. One's worth five million. The other one's worth three million. Okay. Now it doesn't take a you know even a football coach can figure out that you want a five million dollar account, right? Right. Right. Wonderful. Until I tell you where it's at. So the 
the five million is in your traditional accounts. I'll let you figure out that where those are at. Okay. But let's say I got the three million in one of those whole life policies that I told you about. The five million is generally called a four percent rule. And that is debatable also, but I'm not going to debate it today. I'm just going to say it's true. But a $5 million account will kick off $200,000 a year at 4%, right? Okay, yeah. Great. So the, I make 4%. I replace the money. The thing lasts till I die. Right. Welcome to retirement. It's wonderful, right? Except what's the, what's the gotcha? Is it's it taxable. taxes? But also... How many people are saving up $5 million? Not, mer- not many. Your example assumes that someone has saved up $5 million? No, it just okay. It, it just plays with money or plays with numbers that I can do in my head. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was a PE major. Come okay, on. I get it. Because I was like, I guarantee you not very many people are saving up $5 million. No, no. but <laughs> yeah. what, if it's a, what if it's a million? Yeah. Let's back it down to a million. What mm-hmm. if you, I mean, what if you did really, really well and saved a million? You would feel like you were set. Right. But 4% is going to give you how much? $40,000. Congratulations. Yeah, that's not. (laughs) Congratulations, millionaire. That's $40,000 per year taxable. Oh, shucks. Yeah. So the $3 million. What if I had the $3 million? Guys, that kicks off $180,000 a year tax exempt. Now, which pile of money do you want? Well, that does sound like a better pile. Yeah. Think so? Yeah, even I figured that one out. I got that one right on the first guess. The- <laughs> Math is not my forte, but I like these numbers. Mine yeah. either. <laughs> but when I saw that, it didn't take a, a math degree to figure that one out. So I teach people how to do their retirement on literally one-fourth the money that you would have in a traditional account. Wow. And when do you need to start with that? Like, is it too late to start? I'm 53. Is it too late to start with one of these whole life policies? No. You suck in air? I mean, <laughs> yeah. when, 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 are you, when are you going to rig, be done with the use of money? Long time. <laughs> Never, right? Right. I right. mean, maybe, maybe when I check out, and I don't know on the other side, maybe there's some kind of money over there I don't even know about yet. But as long as I'm here, I'm spending money. Right. You don't believe me. Wait till grandkids come along. Shucks, it's expensive around here when them critters show up. How do you get the money out of this whole life policy? So you're paying it in every month until you die. And then you are drawing out of it as well? You can. So my point is your need for financing throughout your life Mm -hmm. is far more important than a death benefit. Right. Now, I'm not going to undermine the death benefit. I don't want I don't want you to 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 hear that. Right. Because that death benefit is important, particularly to to mamas and wives. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's a reason men are expensive to insure because we do do stupid stuff and we die first. Well, now all of a sudden she has money left to her. Right. She's got a chance mm-hmm. if she has the right coach. That's why I love athletes and I love musicians because they get coaches with their money. They, they find people to help them. All right. And guys, that's all I did. I took this concept. Okay. Cause I, I was not sold on it. 
right? <laughs> I thought they're going to jail. You know, this doesn't football, sound like football coach arrested <laughs> for running Ponzi scheme or something, you know? And and the more I talked and the more I learned, the more this I, I learned this has been done for well over a hundred years, and nobody's taught us how to do this. Right. So I literally went back to my players who had played and gone to college and played in college, and they had all these student loan debts. Right. Okay? Guys, it's $1.7 trillion nationally. Yeah, it's crazy. How's that, fi- how's mm-hmm. that 529 working out for you now? Yeah, that's a all lot right? of debt. It's foolishness. Mm-hmm. Okay? So anyway, I taught the players how to start a, a policy. And regarding, I mean, it, guys, it's your budget. Whatever money you have, if you make, you know, if you make a lot of money, you're going to have a bigger policy. If you don't, you're going to have a smaller one. I've got single moms doing this for $157 a month. Okay. Okay. And I will argue that her money is far more important than the guy putting in ten grand. Oh yeah. Because right. if the washing machine breaks down, she needs that money. She needs that money tomorrow. And she can get it out tax-free. Absolutely. Okay. After seven years, is that what you said? 30 days. 30, oh, 30 days. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it grows. That's, that's, it, it does grow over time? It's guaranteed to grow. How would you like to buy an asset that's guaranteed to grow? Well, I like that. How is it guaranteed Duh. to grow? <laughs> My mind is just being blown out of it. Yeah, I'm mine too. I got that. But yeah. you know, if you're going to start a business, do you want to start a little tiny one? Or do you want to start a big one? If you knew it was going to win, if you right. knew you were going to win in business, how big a business would you start? Every dollar I had. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Okay. But you can't move there until you understand what's going on with the money. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yes, I'm going to give it to an insurance company. Now, not every insurance company is worth this. Okay. Beware. (laughs) Okay. There are only a few around that let you win with this. Even some of them that tell you they will let you win are lying. Okay. Okay? So let's let's just handle the basics right now. If an insurance company makes money, and it pays a dividend, who does it pay it to? The shareholders? Stockholders, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your bank right now is making a profit. Who gets the dividends? The shareholders. The shareholders. The shareholders. How come it wasn't you? You got an account there. Well, just because you have an account doesn't make you a shareholder. Got it? Yes. Right. So now then, let's switch to a company. That's called a stock company. That's not hard, right? Right. But let's mm-hmm. switch to a mutual company. A mutual company has no stockholders. Now, all of a sudden, this company makes excess profit. Where does the money have to go? Because, because it's not, there are no stockholders to pay it to. So it has to go to the customers, all the, the people, policy the policyholders. Okay. Oh, that would be me. Okay, so you're looking for an insurance company, a whole life insurance company that is a mutual company. I'm looking for a mutual company first that's well run. Okay. Trust me, I've done that. I've done that homework for you. 
Okay. And of course, I'm like, um, now I'm hearing the the Mutual of Omaha. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Same with me. Isn't it, isn't it I just remember here. Mutual okay. of so Omaha. So isn't it crazy that they would put that in their name? Huh? That's yeah. pretty good marketing, huh? Are they a mutual they're, company? I don't know, but they don't do what we do. Okay. <laughs> That's the How's only that? one I've ever heard of that it's, I know of. It's not a company I use. Okay. It may be a great company. I yeah. don't know. All right. But it's not one I use. Okay. Right. Okay. So, and I'm not telling you which one I use. You got to be my client to learn. Oh, all right. But the bottom Fair line enough. is they're out there. Okay. Okay. And here's the one. The one that I use has paid dividends for 117 years in a row. Wow. Now, dividends are not guaranteed. Hear me? Mm-hmm. Disclaimer. Yeah. Legal. <laughs> Keeps me out <laughs> <Right>. of jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> dividends are not guaranteed. But it's been paid the last 117 years. Right. I'll take that track record. I got yeah. it. Now, do the math. Do the math, girls. Somebody got a dividend check during the Great Depression. Yeah. Wow. How weird yeah. were you? Yeah. My uh, my brother-in-law loves, he, he's taught himself how to invest in the stock market, but he loves companies that pay dividends for the, sure. you know, on stocks, just like he was explaining to <laughs> me the same thing. And he looks for companies with a long track record of having paid the dividends for decades and decades, because if they've been paying them that long, there's a pretty good chance they'll keep paying them. Yep. yep. So that that makes sense yep. to me. So what if what if you were one of those guys that just loved the stock market? I get so nervous about that. I do not. So it's not us. What if you put that money in one of these policies first, then when the opportunity arises, let me tell you when it was, March of 2020. <laughs> What happened? COVID. Right, right. right. Disney stock drops 56% in one day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of us believe that Disney stock's coming back? Oh, Everybody. For sure. Yeah. Right? Do you want to buy it at minus 56 or when it's a high? At minus 56, right? Everybody's buying, well, not everybody, but there was a lot of our folks that bought Disney stock that day. I'm not against the stock market. I'm just I'm just against being told that I can put my money in there that one day, someday, I'm going to have a whole pile of money that I'll live on in retirement and won't have to worry about it. I'm sorry, but you're not going to make it, and they're going to make more money off of it than you do. Well, I got burned with the dot-com bubble crash. Yeah. It was right after I'd, I left South Carolina after eight years of teaching, and, you know, I had eight years in a South Carolina teacher retirement, so I moved to Georgia. And so, obviously, I didn't need money in the South Carolina retirement system. I knew I wasn't ever going to teach there again, and I didn't. But I rolled it over into an IRA, and the, that was right around, that was 1998. <laughs> then I watched it crash, and it was super upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got it. Got, yeah. Girls, I watched my 403 become a 203 twice in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Got that it? burned me. That made me nervous because, I, you know, I've always had heard you can't go wrong with the stock market over time. And maybe that's true. Maybe if I had just kept it there, it would have been fine. But I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you're in it for the long haul. <laughs> right, right. Well, <laughs> right? I didn't like seeing my money go. No, to- <laughs> I'm not in it for the long haul. I don't, I don't believe that you... We've got this idea that he cares more about my money than I do. Wrong answer. Yeah. So here's the here's the other question. When you lost 20% last year, did your advisor still get paid? Oh, yeah. 
He did. Did he cash a check? I don't I don't know how he got paid, but I know that they did. I'm sure he did because I'm sure he's still advising. He hasn't yes. found a new job, right? You, you okay with that? No. Then let's talk. Right. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So let me ask you this. They always tell you don't uh, miss out on free money, right? So if you have a 401k matching plan at your work, do you take advantage of that and then do something different with the rest of it? Or do you just say, forget that nonsense and I'm not going to invest my money there? That depends on who that person is. Right. If you want to do that, again, I'll tell you, I'm not telling you what to do with your money. Mm-hmm. You do what you believe with your money will work. But let's answer all the questions first. All right. If I can put that money someplace where it's safe and know it's going to grow, know it's going to be there in 50 years and not have to worry about the roller coaster ride of the market or what the tax rate's going to be or in my advisor getting you know another yacht, mm-hmm. then I may want to consider that. All right. But if you don't, that's okay. Have at yeah. it. I'm not going to tell you what you're what your makeup is, but you but you know your makeup. You've right. already said market makes me nervous. Daggum right. right. All right. <laughs> I only want to see my value of my money raise. I don't exactly. ever want to see it go down. Yeah, that doesn't. I work feel too good. hard for it, and I give too much of it to the government already. And yet, it's in a four hundred one. It is. I didn't know there was an option, though. I have to tell you, the last week my husband came home from work and said, "Did you know where you should be saving your money?" And he started talking about whole life insurance. Did he really? Yes, he did. Somebody at his work was telling him about it. And I looked at him like he was crazy. Yeah. Because my husband doesn't know a thing about money. So, like, I'm going to (laughs) take advice from him, right? Ten years ago, I didn't either. Yeah. (laughs) And now, I mean, I got introduced last week as the guy that you don't, that your banker and and advisor don't want you to meet. (laughs) 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 Guys, think about it. You can have money that's available, and it's literally 1-800. In fact, literally today, it's a click on a computer screen. Right, to get the money right? out. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you, the first time you do it, it takes a little longer. It may take 30 to 45 days to get through it to make sure all the numbers match, make sure that all the transfers go. But guys, literally now, when I, when I need a loan last week, the prices of tires are absurd, but mama's oh. car needed new tires. Right. What, what do I say? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, uh, yeah, she's got a big policy, but I don't know. <laughs> no, we, we went and put the tires on. Where did that money come from? Mm-hmm. One, hey, send me 500 bucks. Okay, so you got it out of your whole life policy. So you say it's a loan. You Then you pay that yep. back? You do. Okay, so you're loaning it to yourself. Nope. No, okay. Nope. Explain that then. Absolutely. And it's critical to how okay. this works. All right. Okay? Good point. Your money is going to sit over here in this warehouse, and it's going to continue to grow year after year. Everybody talks about compound interest. Right. But nobody gets it. You don't get interest. Why? Because the stock market dropped. Mm-hmm. Did you just kill your interest? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you pay an asset management fee for that guy to manage your money? Yes. Did you just stop the compounding? Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> Did the market drop? Did the taxes go up? Did I mean is there taxes? Period. All of those stop your money from compounding. 
Yeah. Well, what if I could put that money in a warehouse and it was shielded from all that and was guaranteed to grow with compound interest till you leave this planet? Okay, so that's it, it's growing through compound interest and and it's Absolutely. safe in there. Okay, but now then, I mean, I need to put tires on Mama's car. Right, right, right. So I borrow five hundred dollars. Do I borrow five hundred dollars of my money? Heck no. I want that interest growing. Got it. We'll cover that. We'll come we'll come back to that in just a minute. I don't want to interrupt that interest. Right. That uh-huh. growth. If right. I can cont- if I can keep the growth, I win. And I win really, really big. Okay. So I'm going to borrow the insurance company's money. They got lots of it. And I'm going to pay simple interest back to them. That's horrible. You're paying, you're paying interest on your own money? Absolutely. Okay. So because it's it's less than the it's less than the amount could of be the might be more. Why okay. would I pay more? That's stupid. I can get a better loan at the bank. Yeah, that's fine. You get a dividend check, by the way, from the bank? No. Oh, I get one from the insurance company. Why do I get one from the insurance company? Because they were profitable. Yeah. So when you pay that money back, so you pay your you pay your policy and then you pay your loan back, basically. Basically. And there's a there's a term on your loan that you take. No, you decide that. You just pay it back when you pay it. Who back. owns Who owns the bank? All of the all the invest all the shareholders. I mean, not shareholders, you, but you, the people who have the policy. Yeah, that was what I was own, The policy. You own holders. your own bank. So you okay. get to dictate what the payback terms are. Now, the one that you don't get to dictate is interest rate. That will be set by the insurance company. Okay. okay? But it doesn't matter. I'm, I can still make more money. Okay. And that, again, a, a PE major, $30,000 at 5% for five years. Okay. Compound mm-hmm. interest. Great. Simple interest. Same numbers, 30,000, five years, 5%. That's got to be equal. Those numbers have got to be equal, right? No, they're not even close. In fact, there's $4,200 difference between the growth of my policy and what I'm paying back. And that's on one car over five years. Wow. Yeah, compounded. Yeah, I remember learning about compounded interest, and it really is, it it really makes a big difference. It's crazy. Nobody gets it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, you know, and, and everybody, you know, so another example that I use, do you want the million dollars today or the penny doubled every day for 30 days? Right. Well, you take the million dollars, congratulations, you're a millionaire. But if you take the penny doubled every 30 days, in 30 days, you got 5.3 million. Yep. Mm-hmm. But not if I interrupt interest. What if I go in there and, and, and do something to that money on, let's say, you know, the 15th of the month? And I take some money out of there. I just got rid of my compound interest. Right. 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 So then instead of 5.3 million, I wind up with 27,000. Welcome to average America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's exactly what's happened. Okay. Like say you take out a $3 million whole life policy and you talk about it growing compounded interest. Mm -hmm. So is it eventually worth more than 3 million? Oh, it's going to grow. It's going to grow every day. <laughs> well, what what does the three million mean then? It just that's your death benefit. Oh, that's your death benefit. That's okay. your death benefit. Now, let me tell you something. If this is done correctly, we're not going to start you out at three million. 
we're going to start you out at 300000 And how much do you have to, like, put in to get or to buy? Like, so you, you're buying a policy. How much, how much money you got. Okay. But, like, if and, I wanted a 300000 policy. You don't, you don't want that. Okay. You're, 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 again, you're thinking the wrong way. Right. I don't know. This is all brand what? new. Well, so I got to go, I got to go through a budget. Okay. That's another problem for people because they want, they got to know where their money's going. The average household brings a paycheck home every, well, actually they bring home a pay stub because the money's already in the bank by the right, time right. they get home to yep. pay the bills that are running out their back door faster than they can get in the front door. Right. That's exactly what's happened with average America. And then they can't figure out why they can't save enough money. Okay. Wait till that was student loans. Yeah. That's exactly what I did with these kids. So we closed the back door. All right. Got them out of debt, student loan payments. Now all of a sudden the the money was coming in the front door, even if it was just a pay stub, it's their money. Right. Mm-hmm. So our average was, we literally had those kids totally average was out of student loan debt in five years. And they had $50,000 sitting in that cash value account. That's not a bad place to be at 27, 28 oh, yeah. years old. And how are they paying their student loans off? Well, hopefully With they're working. The, I mean, no, but like, okay, so they weren't using their whole life insurance in some way to pay off their student Absolutely. loans. Absolutely. I'm okay. going to show you how to cycle okay. that thing every time. Okay. okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to find out what all your student loans are. Do not consolidate them. Okay. I would rather see you have 27 loan little loans than one giant one. Okay. Because I can go pick off those little ones real quick. Yeah. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to put a premium into this insurance policy. Some of the cut money is going to go away to pay for the insurance, but the other part's going to be shuffled over here into your warehouse. Now I can use that money in my warehouse. I wait for the warehouse money to grow enough to kill the first student loan. Okay. Whatever that balance is. Okay. But I know that first loan's costing me $27 every month, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pay the 27 till that grows to be enough to kill it. Okay. Now all of a sudden I borrow the money out of my, I say out of my policy, it's against my policy, uh-huh. it's insurance company's money. But I take that money and I go kill the student loan. I just freed up 27 bucks every month. So what am I going to do with that 27 bucks now? Pay my loan off okay. to the insurance company. So now all I'm doing is cycling money over and over and over. So but I it gets it all score. paid off sooner. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because as soon as I pay that 27 bucks back in there, is it going to earn compound interest? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Every day it's okay. in there. It cannot back up. Oh, what happens when dividends come out? Woohoo! Party's on because they're not they're they're not guaranteed until they hit your cash value. As soon as they get deposited in your cash value, guess what? They can't back up. They can't re- be recalled. They can't be reduced. That is your money that's going to grow with compound interest for the rest of your life. Got it? So I have a very important question. <laughs> they all are. Is the insurance company insured like absolutely well so so go that's why i want you to use a mutual company okay go study how many mutual companies have gone under ask how many went under in the great depression zero okay i was hoping you were going to say zero zero (laughs) what time out 
Who's giving these people checks? It's not their bank. Banks are going under. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I was thinking. Who's giving those people in the Depression a check, a dividend check? It it's was from the, the insurance, insurance company. company. They can't even find a place to cash it. Got it? Yeah. All right. Now, go back through all the others. I don't care whether it's the dot-com. I don't care if it's 08 and it's the real estate. I don't care. Go look at how that stressed these guys, the pandemic. Yeah. Here's the crazy part. The companies we use went through the Spanish flu. Oh, yeah. In 1918. Yeah. Yeah. Have they already been through this? They Mm -hmm. have. Yeah. Okay. The companies that we use declared record dividends. Wow. Huh? (laughs) We are almost out of time. So I know people are like, what? How can we find out more about this? How can Doug explain this to me? How can people find you, Doug? <laughs> I will just tell you, everything's on the website. It's peacockwealthgroup.com. Okay? Okay. If you will go there, there will be a number that you'll have to leave a message at. <laughs> okay? Since March of 20, my office is really tiny, and it's on four wheels, and it's a pickup truck. Okay? <laughs> No need to do that anymore. People aren't coming to see you anyway. So anyway, that's a whole nother story. But the bottom line is, I don't charge you to coach you. Now, are you going to get all the information? Bottom line, when I teach you how to win and you learn it and you move that money, you'll know it all. Yeah. Now, you want to steal and go someplace, have at it. I don't care. There's a lot of people that need help. But the bottom line is, I've first got to, I've got to find people who think like I think. And that means I'm I'm not satisfied with what they're doing with my money. Yep. And mm-hmm. them can be anywhere from advisor to bank to politician. Yeah. Okay. Let's just throw them all in a pot. Yep. Oh yeah. I don't I don't want anybody wasting my money. Nobody. Leave me alone. Watch <laughs> this. Yeah. And the numbers that we crank out are silly. All right. Silly. Because as we continue. Remember, minimum death benefit, maximum cash value. Guys, every time you pay a premium, those go up. Okay. So now I'm saying, not only does my cash value grow, but my $300,000 policy, remember, minimum death benefit. So I'm going to put the minimum on you. It may not even be 300. It may be lower than that. But by the time we get 40 years down the road, that thing's worth three and a half million dollars. Okay. So you're going to be worth far more in 40 years than you are right now. You could, in fact, you could not even be insured for that amount of money because you don't have the income to support it. Wow. Right. But yet over the years, I'm going to grow that. And now all of a sudden, when you want the other side, we haven't even talked about it. Guys, there's living benefits on this. Okay. Which means if you, you have a chronic disease, you're allowed to dip into that that death benefit to help you take care of the chronic disease told by a doctor that you have an expiration date. Right. <laughs> okay. That's, that's covered in there too. It can help with home, home health care. It's all off your death benefit. Well, we have given people a lot to think about and we have, we have your information, your website will be in our show notes. And so people can come and find you and learn more about it. And thank you so much. I've got, some research to do. How about you, Sherry? Yes. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I will tell you straight up, do your research. Yeah. I'm old enough when there, I remember there was no Google. 
Right, I remember right. when there was no internet. Me okay? too. That's a little <laughs> crazy. But, yeah. but the bottom line is go do your research. But you understand it's marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everything on there is the truth. Okay. Right. Right. So that's why people need to go to Doug's website. Link in show you. notes. He will coach you. I will it. coach you. I awesome. will not. I will not tell you what to do with your money. But you need to understand the options that you have. All do right. you want to put your money at risk? Don't no. call me. <laughs> I'm not your, I'm not, not your, your guy. guy. <laughs> don't, don't. You can save us both a lot of grief. Now, if you want to continually grow your money to have it worth more and then learn how to pass it on to your family, do you think my kids know how to do this? Yes. Do you think I coach my own kids? Yes. I would think so, right? yeah. Do you yeah. think I coach, I'm going to coach my own grand now. They're not getting a whole lot yet because the oldest yeah. is six. But you think my grandkids are going to know how to do this? Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll never visit. They will never visit the inside of a bank for nothing more than debit cards. Wow. No convenience. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Sure. And now it's time for our listener-led lesson. Today's listener-led lesson comes from an email from Anna Maria. She wrote, I listened to a podcast featuring the author of Eight Rules of Love by Jay Shetty, and I could not wait to order the book on Audible. I've not finished it yet, but I love it already and thought you would like to pass it along to listeners. Jay discusses how to build healthier relationships, why we make some of the relationship choices we do, yes, there is a reason, and how this can all be connected to our health. I'm learning so much about myself and finding myself agreeing with so much of what he says. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I can't wait to continue to listen to the rest of the book. And so again, that was a book called Eight Rules of Love by Jay Shetty. At the end of each show, we'd love to share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's contribution is a self-affirmation written by Virginia Satire. I would say Satire. Yeah. I stumbled there. I wanted to say Satire, but there's no E at the end. Satire. Satire, S-A-T-I-R. And it was shared by Terry in Australia. It's titled, My Declaration of Self-Esteem. I am me. In all the world, there is no one else exactly like me. There are persons who have some parts like me, but no one adds up exactly like me. Therefore, everything that comes out of me is authentically mine because I alone chose it. I own everything about me, my body, including everything it does, my mind, including all its thoughts and ideas, my eyes, including the images of all they behold, my feelings, Whatever they may be, anger, joy, frustration, love, disappointment, excitement, my mouth and all the words that come out of it, polite, sweet, or rough, correct or incorrect, my voice, loud or soft, and all my actions, whether they be to others or to myself. I own my fantasies, my dreams, my hopes, my fears. I own all my triumphs and successes, all my failures and mistakes. Because I own all of me, I can become intimately acquainted with me. By doing so, I can love me and be friendly with me and all my parts. I can then make it possible for all of me to work in my best interests. I know there are aspects about myself that puzzle me and other aspects that I do not know. But as long as I am friendly and loving to myself, I can courageously and hopefully look for the solutions to the puzzles and for more ways to find out about me. However I look and sound, whatever I say and do, and whatever I think and feel at any given moment in time is me. This is authentic and represents where I am at that moment in time. When I reviewed later how I looked and sounded, what I said and did, and how I thought and felt, some parts may turn out to be unfitting. 
I can discard that which is unfitting and keep that which proved fitting and invent something new for that which I discarded. I can see, hear, feel, think, and do. I have the tools to survive, to be close to others, to be productive, and to make sense and order out of the world of people and things outside of me. I own me, and therefore I can engineer me. I am me, and I am okay. And this came from a book titled A Goal of Living. Wow. Yeah, she, I love that. Uh, I looked up to see who Virginia Satter was, and she was a therapist. Okay. Back, back I like the end of that. I am ago. me, and I am okay. Well, I think so many times people feel powerless. Yeah. Or like they have to be different. And this is really saying you have the power to be you, design your life. That Yeah. And if you can't be you, then you need to figure out a way to change that so that you can. Like if you feel like you have to hide parts of you and you mm-hmm. can't be yourself, that's no way to live. Not at all. All right. Well, thank you, Terry, for that. Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to have you join us in the private Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to become a VIP podcast supporter. Your membership ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Reviews really do help us reach new listeners. We're a community-driven podcast, and here's how you can be a part of our show each week. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com or use the link in show notes and then listen each week to hear your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.